Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, well, today we are going to talk a little bit about how to think. That's right, I, I, I think a certain way, and I'm not saying that I'm the best thinker out there, not by a long shot, but, you know, I think that I have uh, a gift, you might say, a gift. I think I have a gift in, in being able to sort of, you know, not, kind of break things down a little bit. I'm, I'm Look, I'm not a PhD. I'm not the kind of person that is an expert at one key area, and that's what my focus, and I know every single fact about that area. That's that's not how I am. I'm, I'm more of a layman. I'm more of a plebe, you know, re- just a regular normie. But um, I, I, I have a very kind of simple way of processing theories and and just and just uh, uh, ideas that people put forward and you know I want to just sort of share that with you a little bit about how I think and the reason why is because a little bit earlier today I was told that I needed to take uh, I needed to admit that uh, something I had said was too broad and 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 it was funny because the the way that the, the way the person said it this is on Twitter they said have the have the humility to admit that what you said was too broad and I love that because <laughs> I love that kind of statement because it's like I, I, the answer is no. I'm not. I don't. I don't think what I said was too broad. But because of the way he worded it, it's like I'm saying no. I'm not humble. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. But no, I didn't think what I said was too broad. But I think it is worth sort of qualifying a little bit. Um, you know, and I think that. You know, every now and then, it's okay to qualify something that you're saying and and sort of uh, try to maybe reword it so that people don't at least they don't misunderstand what I was saying because I think a lot of people did misunderstand what I was saying. So I'll own that. I'll say that maybe it was unclear. Uh, and here's here's what I said um, that was that was responded to. And this this got a lot of a lot of frustrated responses. I say a lot of things online that are controversial, but this one for some reason struck a nerve. And so here's here's what I said. I said. Have you ever noticed that almost every single story of an evangelical leader's journey to the social justice movement sounds exactly like Christians who change their opinion on the LGBT issue? It's never driven by exegesis or change views on what the scripture teaches, never about the law of God and taking it more seriously. It's always about emotion, often involves meeting someone from the other side, and often involves love, the the squishy kind, not the scriptural kind. Being a Christian involves mastering your emotions, not hiding them, but mastering them. You should be able to read a historical account on slavery, weep about it, but still keep your head enough and insist on biblical standards and teaching. You can't let your emotions drive you to quick, good-sounding solutions that don't derive from scripture. That's what pagans do, because they're ruled by their emotions and they just want quick fixes. That's That only ever makes things worse. They don't have the law of God, but we do. And that's what I said. A lot of people really didn't like that. A lot of people did like it, but a lot of people really didn't like it because to them, based on how they've responded to me, they heard me saying that social justice Christians don't use scripture. You know, they don't they don't they don't quote scripture to to to, to prove their beliefs. And that's actually not what I was saying. I, I, obviously, every social justice warrior quotes scriptures that they think supports their position. One of the famous ones that I did a video on was was David Platt, 
he did a sermon, a social justice sermon, and the, the key text was, let justice roll down like waters. And in the video, I said, I love that passage. It's one of my favorite passages, let justice roll down like waters. But contextually, we have to understand what was the prophet Amos talking about when he was talking about justice. He was talking about the law of God. And so there's a very specific kind of justice that's in mind. It's not just anything that you call justice is what Amos was talking about. we got to be contextual about this. And so, so, so that's the kind of thing. So I'm not saying that social justice Christians do not use Scripture. Of course they do use Scripture. The point is that what they're, what, the way they use Scripture is not that they're getting their beliefs from the text itself. They have their beliefs from another source. Another thing is driving their beliefs, and then they're utilizing Scripture that they think supports it, even though they're not getting those ideas from Scripture itself. You see what I'm saying? And so that's, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and so I'll tell you, there's a, there's a, in my opinion, there's a really easy trick that you can use to figure out, are you using Scripture like that, or are you deriving your beliefs from Scripture? So, so, so let, me, let, me, let me give you some examples. First, let's take it out of Scripture for a second. And let's talk, let me just talk about how I kind of evaluate claims in general, right? So here's a, here's a tweet from the AND campaign. The AND campaign is a social justice uh, Christian, you know, uh, non, non-profit. I don't know if it's called non-profit. It's, it's, a, non, it's a parachurch organization, I guess you could call it. Here, here's what it says. It says, Christians can choose a political party. Christians cannot choose between social justice and moral order. We must affirm and advocate for both. Hashtag new Christian politics. Christians can choose a political party. So with this, the, the idea of this tweet is to, is to sort of justify Christians being Democrat or Republicans, trying to justify people voting for, for Democrats. It's, it's always been kind of uh, accepted that Christians can vote Republican. That's kind of been the, the standard way. But now there's a push, a recent push, to say, well, Jesus isn't a Democrat or Republican. It's completely legitimate for a Christian to vote Democrat. That's what this tweet's doing. It's trying to make it legitimate for, I mean, let's just be honest, for for. for, for Blacks and Latinos to continue to vote the way they've always voted, but still be a Christian, right? And so here's how I evaluate a statement like this. Can Christians choose a political party? Well, technically, yeah, I suppose that that's, that's true. There's nothing against being a, in a political party, I, I don't think. Um, but then I think to myself, would this statement, because I know what this statement is saying, it's, it's trying to legitimize people voting for Democrats. Um, would this statement make sense in the Weimar Republic? When people were supporting the Nazi party, would it make sense for us to say today, Christians can choose the Nazi party if they want to? Would that make sense? No, no, it wouldn't make sense. And so the way I think about things is like, okay, well, can Christians choose the Democratic Party? I mean, technically they can do it, but is it a legitimate Christian choice? No, it's not. No, it's not because because the Democrats support a, uh, a a a little thing, just a little thing, where everyone should have the fundamental human right to murder their own children. You know, way way worse than the Holocaust. That's what the Democrats support. So so no, I mean this this kind of a statement doesn't work. That's how I think. You know, I think you know. Let me let me just break this down a second. Is it technically true? Well, I guess yeah, it's technically true. Does it work in every situation? No. It doesn't. This statement is, is it, it doesn't work if you take it to the Weimar Republic. It doesn't work today if there was a neo-Nazi Christian saying, well, you said Christians can choose a party. 
Yeah, I mean, you can choose a party, but you have to actually support something that has at least somewhat moral foundations, right? I mean, let's just just be honest. Democrats don't have any moral foundation. Here's another example. I have in my hand a book called Black Labor, White Wealth. It's by Dr. Claude Anderson. It's a really good book, actually. I actually really like this book. I disagree with the fundamental premise. But what I appreciate about this book, Black Labor, White Wealth, is that the author does actually have some pretty interesting and good solutions for, for black people and people who feel like they've been under under uh, represented or whatever. Um, there's actually some good stuff in here. But the fundamental premise of this book is that essentially white people became successful only because of slavery or, or at least primarily because of slavery. So white, white wealth was only built because they used black slaves, okay? That's the premise of the book. And you hear this kind of thing a lot, like Christianity or uh, the, the West was built on slavery. You'll hear stuff like this a lot, that you know, Americans, uh, American exceptionalism you know, only started because they got all this labor for free and things like that. And, and that's how white people got wealth is through slavery. That you hear this argument a lot. Let's let's break this down again. Let's go into my mind a little bit. This is how I think about this. So, so whites got wealthy through black slave labor. So, bl- slave labor produces wealth is the premise there essentially. And the reality is that that there are there there were tons of black slaves in Africa, right? There were tons of black slaves in Africa. There was tons of all kinds of different slaves all over the place. How come Africa is not as wealthy as the United States? I mean, this this is how I think about this. So, so, and I'm not saying that 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 slavery didn't help or or didn't have a role or anything like that. I'm just saying, does the fundamental premise make any sense at all on the surface? Again, I'm not a PhD here. I'm just trying to make some common sense here. So, if slavery equals wealth, then we would expect everywhere where there's slavery, there would be wealth. But that's just not the case. That's just not the case. Slavery doesn't equal wealth. And I think we have biblical reason to think that as well. But, but just from a common sense perspective, you don't have to be an economist to know that slavery doesn't necessarily equal wealth. Right? I mean, it's pretty simple. Well, anyway, let's talk about scripture for a second. So, so a lot of social justice advocates were like, oh, how could you say we don't use scripture? We don't get our beliefs from scripture. Look, Here's how I can say it. <laughs> I had an LGBT advocate respond to me and say, well, I, I, I believe in LGBT rights and, and, and I welcome them into our church because of scripture. And I said, oh yeah? Prove it. Which ones do you point to? And he, of course he didn't want to do that because he couldn't do that. Um, but I would imagine that he would point to things like love your neighbor as yourself, something like that, or judge not or something like that. And so the question is, is, is that person who says that uh, LGBT should be totally fine in the church, you should be able to have sex with whoever you want, love is love, that perspective, is that proven? Is, is that person getting that belief from the scripture? I mean, he quoted, love your neighbor as yourself. He quoted it. I mean, isn't he deriving it from scripture? Well, no, he's not deriving it from Scripture. He has that belief from some other place. And the easy way to do this is to look at the consistency of how he would apply that hermeneutic. How would he apply that method in other ways? So here, here's how I think about this, right? Okay, so you're, you're telling me that you derive your, your, your LGBTQA inclusiveness from the, from the verse, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you, you, do you include pedophiles? Do you include pedophiles? 
Oh, you, you know, you, you, people don't want to an- answer that question. But the reality is, love your neighbor as yourself, right? What about what about what about people who uh, have sex with dogs, animals? What about people who have sex with their parents? Incest. What about what about bigamists and 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 people who have f- five wives and, and things like that? Right. I mean, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so does, does that argument, does that way of interpreting Scripture apply uh, consistently if you take it out of the, the current argument? You, that, that's a very easy way to sort of say, well, you know, you're not deriving that from Scripture. You're using Scripture. You're abusing Scripture. But you're not deriving it from Scripture. You can't tell me that you, you get your you know, pro-LGBTQA beliefs from love your neighbor as yourself if I'm going to apply it in the same way with a different group and all of a sudden it doesn't apply. No, that means you're getting your beliefs from somewhere else. It's a very, see, it's a very easy, you don't have to be a scholar to, to do that, to, to, to just you know, take a step back, take it out of the conversation, try to see if it fits consistently with other situations. I hear people that say, well, you know, you know, in the LGBTQ issue, as long as it's a monogamous relationship, then, you know, it's fine. But why? How can, how can, a, how can a bisexual be monogamous? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, anyway, so that's just one example. I mean, when it comes to the race stuff, right? When it comes to the race stuff, they'll say, well, I get that. I get my beliefs from scripture, right? And then I say, okay, great. So show me from scripture where it says it's okay to um, hire someone based on skin color. Show me in scripture where it says that that's okay. And you won't be able to, right? And so all of a sudden, all of your affirmative action and all of your reparations and things like that, all you got to do is, you know, try to apply this consistently, right? Yeah, we both agree God cares for the poor. We both agree let justice roll down like waters. We both agree that God cares for the oppressed. Okay, so we're, 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 we're with each other there. Now show me how these other things come from Scripture. I'm not talking about the very vague stuff, let justice roll down like waters. Tell me how it, you, you, what you see in Scripture that allows you to consider skin color as one of the qualifications for elder. You can't do it. That's what I mean by it's not being derived from Scripture. That's, that's what I mean. It's being derived from somewhere else. It says, you see, you see in scripture, you use the scripture that says God cares for the oppressed and you feel like a certain person has been oppressed. And then from another place, I don't know where, you're getting these ideas of how to fix the oppressed. No, God, not only does he care for the oppressed, but he also gives you guidelines on how to care for the oppressed and exactly what you need to do. And so you see, that's, that's what I meant. That's, that's what I meant. I meant that they, not that they don't use Scripture, but they actually don't get the controversial beliefs from Scripture, okay? Because everyone here agrees that justice is part of the requirements. Christians should do justice. Everyone agrees with that. What we're disagreeing with is what I'm saying you're deriving from somewhere else. This is not really not that controversial. But luckily, I don't have to actually struggle to make this point myself because Dr. Ligon Duncan just the other day gave me an, a perfect example of this. 
this, and I, I went over this in a video recently. He, he, he talked about what, what concerns him in the race issue, and, and he's talking about social justice. This is the context of the conversation. He says, what concerns me in the race issue is that I don't want my grandchildren to go with the LGBTQA folks all, all the way there because we're not handling the race issue, but they are. So what he's saying is, he's that that he needs he 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 approaches the, he approaches the race issue the way he does for out of a concern that they're going to go too far with it and go to the LGBTQA stuff. That that that's what he's saying. And so he's he's show he's showing all of you who got so offended by what I said exactly what I'm talking about. What's driving the bus for Ligon Duncan is not scripture, but rather this fear that. You know, in two generations, they're going to go the LGBTQA rights stuff. You see, and I'm not saying that Ligon Duncan doesn't use scripture. He does use scripture, but that's not what's driving the bus. And so that's why you'll get situations like this, right? Ligon Duncan will say racism is, is a sin. Okay, everybody agrees. So we're good there. You know, racism is partiality. Okay, great. We we all agree there, and so so that's what you're you're getting those from scripture. No problem. I'm with you. And then you'll get a guy like Ligon Duncan talking about how we white people need to be quiet and give space for the black people to speak in the church, and you know we need to start hiring more black pastors and things like that. And that's where you say, well, hold on a second there, hold on a second. Where are you getting that? And it's like, well, I'm getting that from, you know, we need to take care of the poor and we need to uh, 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 raise up the marginalized. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I get all that. I believe that. But where is it okay to add skin color to the qualifications for elder? Where is it okay to say that because you have a certain skin color, you can't speak here? Like, like that's what we're talking about. You're getting those beliefs from somewhere else, and I know where they're coming from. They're coming from this desire to pragmatically incentivize your grandchildren not to get all the way woke. So you'll go, you'll get a little woke just so they don't get eventually all the way woke. That, that's what you're doing. It's a pragmatic approach. It's not scriptural. It's a pragmatic approach to appeal to something that the world cares about. That's what he's saying there. And I don't think he is intentionally doing it, but that's what he's doing. When he starts to say, we need to start doing affirmative action in the PCA, we need to start giving uh, blacks money that we're not going to give to whites because we need to reverse the partiality of the past by being partial now, I guess. You see, that's the thing. So that's a worldly solution. You're deriving that from a world, worldly perspective because the scripture says you, shan't, you can't show partiality to the rich or the poor, the whites or the blacks. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's sin either way. It's sin both ways. If you're considering skin color in your pastoral hiring practices, you are in sin. It's just that simple. If you're considering skin color to decide who you're going to give you know, money to go to seminary, you are in sin. You see what I'm saying? It's like you're deriving that from somewhere else. And Ligon Duncan gave us a gift. He sort of gave us a window into his own thinking. And it's this desire to keep them from getting too worldly. But the problem is that you're going halfway there by approaching the race issue, not from a firmly biblical perspective, because if you did that, you would say racism is wrong. Okay, great. And you would use the Bible's principles for reversing racism. You, you see what I'm saying? You wouldn't be using the world's principles of affirmative action and other kinds of nonsense like that. And so that's what I'm talking about. It's very easy to see when somebody's doing that. And I just thank 
thanks. I'm thankful that Ligon Duncan gave us a window into this because it, it gives you a little bit of an idea of where he's coming from. This is a pragmatic, seeker-sensitive kind of approach to keeping the church together. He doesn't want, and, and Al Mohler said something very similar. He, he doesn't want to lose so many uh, evangelicals to the social gospel. And so what it seems like to me is you're trying to, you're going a little social gospel-y just so they don't go all the way. We can't do that. Look, if our, if, if our proclamation of godly economics and godly principles for dealing with justice and economics and, and the oppressed and partiality, if our, if our godly biblical approaches drive people to the socialists, so be it. So be it. If our approach to saying, look, skin color will not be a consideration in this church about who we promote and who we listen to and things like that. I don't care if you're black or white. It's not going to be a consideration. If that drives them to the crazy progressives, so be it. Let them go. Let them go because we cannot compromise on what the Word of God says. Anyway, that's all for today. I hope this was helpful. God bless. Tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.